All right. Hey, everyone. This is Chris Keys for From Your Guitar. Today, I'm joined by Frank Iero from My Chemical Romance. Solo stuff, most recently with the Future Violence. We just put out an EP, Heaven is a Place. This is the place. Uh, so he's joined us from New Jersey. I'm in Nashville. Frank, how you doing? Doing good, Chris. How you doing, man? Thanks so real much for good. having me. Yeah, real good, man. I, I appreciate you taking the time. And uh, if anyone hasn't seen our Hooked video, which was awesome, that Frank did for us, you should check that out. But Thank it you. made me instantly think, because he did Greg, uh, Greg Ginn and Black Flag, Rise Above, which is a great tune. Glad to get that love out there for that band. Uh, but you had tons of gear. And I was like, man, we got to get Frank out of Rick Rundown. So here we go. We made it happen. I don't know where to really start, but I think I do. Which is about a week ago, Frank, you, or maybe you didn't post it. Uh, I want to say Gary Holt, obviously Exodus and Slayer, shared a uh, guitar. You, I don't know if you swapped it, traded, what the story is, but fill us in. Yeah, so we... Uh you know, it's funny. I don't know how Gary and I kind of met, um, but, you know, we've been talking and, and sharing, you know, like stuff uh, online, you know, for about a year and a half, two years now. And um, and he, you know, he, he's a fan of, of my camp and I'm a fan of, of, of Slayer and Exodus. So I, I went to go see uh, him play with Slayer when they, they, they played at MSG. He came out to the to reunion my chem show. And um, yeah, you know, one day we were just talking whatever and I saw his his signature model and I was like yo Gary this this guitar is badass dude it's like really cool like I really love it like great job yeah he's like oh man we should do a gear swap like we should do a guitar change I was like oh all right yeah that'd be a yeah that'd be amazing so he was like well I got I have a signature model that I think would be perfect for you um and then you know you tell me what you're looking to get rid of and I you know I I have a few guitars, <laughs> so so I, I sent him a, a picture of some of the stuff that I thought he might like, or you know that was a little off kilter, a little weird. And um, he wanted this uh, this Dan Armstrong Ampeg Dan Armstrong reissue that I actually had acquired from Joby uh, Ford from the Bronx okay. uh, a while back. And you could see uh, there's a video that that uh, the Future Violence did call, um, for for the first single off the record, right? And in that that video. Um, playing the Dan Armstrong, mm -hmm. and so he's like, "Oh, that'd be amazing! I'd love that." You, you know, but you have to sign it. And I was like, "Oh no!" <laughs> like, <laughs> I was like, "You sure you want me to to ruin it? Like by putting my name on?" It? He's like, "All right, we'll put it on the back, and like we'll like like clear coat it." And so he did the same, and and yeah, I got his guitar, and he got mine. Um, but it's cool. Like, he's such a rad dude, and such an amazing player. Uh, such an inspiration too. I mean, like. He's such a motherfucker on the instrument. Yeah, uh, this is the first. He's awesome. Oh, it's crazy, man! I've never had one before. This is my first Floyd Rose too, and so like you know, inevitably, all you want to do is just dive bomb. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, but it's a great guitar, man. It plays really nice. The cool thing about it too is the neck shape on it. I'm used to like I like a, a nice C shape neck shape. Okay. Uh, I have a Tele that my friend James Bowman gave me. That's a V shape that I really enjoy too for certain songs, but this guitar. It's it's strange, man. It's like there's it's curved on the sides, but then it gets to like a flat point. So I guess that's more of like a U shape. Yeah, and it's kind of like a hybrid of sorts. Yeah, it's it's nothing like I've ever experienced before, and I love it. It's 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 crazy, man. I mean, I was was scared when it came to Floyd Rose. It just looks like Bane's mouth. So like, <laughs> I was like, I don't know, like if I want to fuck with that. Like, <laughs> I mean, there's too much involved. But now that I have one and I've been messing with it. It's it's rad. It really is rad. It's cool. It's you got like a fresh color to paint with now when it comes to guitar tones and guitar styles. 
Absolutely, absolutely. And that's the, that's the cool thing, too, man, is, like, I've always found when, when writing songs or, like, you know, recording, inevitably you're going to hit some sort of wall or, you know, some sort of writer's block. And for me, um, I just always love to have things around me that inspired, you know? Uh, different neck shapes, different pickup configurations, uh, you know, just stuff that, that looks appealing and, and, and has a history to it, you know, has a soul to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, the, you know, it's sometimes it's as easy as picking up a different instrument and, and you're going to break down or open up a door that you, you know, didn't even know was there. Yeah. Yeah, man, go ahead and put that one down. I want to talk about that Fender you kind of played on the way in, that, that beautiful new, like, was it like a two-tone blue burst? This is the, that new... Uh, American Professional 2 okay. um, that Fender put out. Uh, I love this guitar. They, they sent me, this is the, the Dark Knight uh, finish. So to me, I just call her Batman. <laughs> um, but uh, it's crazy, man. I don't know if you can see like the sparkle. It's like a, a black to blue kind of fade. Oh, yeah. What, the two things, though, that really sold me on, on this guitar and the playability of it is... Uh, this, this panorama uh, tremolo system is so reactive, and and it's 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 unlike any other tremolo system I've I've, I've played. Um, I really love that. And then something else that's so simple but such an amazing genius move is to to taper this this butt oh, this yeah. neck groove oh, yeah. right here. So you know, I mean, how many times have you you slid up? You know, past that 12th fret, and then you just go dead. <laughs> yeah. you get a point yeah. to your palm. Yeah. And, it, yeah. you know, it sucks, man. It stays there for a week. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you're like, what did I do? But uh, this, I mean, it's so comfortable, man. You can get up pretty high, too. So this guitar, I, I love what Fender's doing. I mean, you know, top of the game. They really are. Every time they, they reinvent, you know, the wheel, it's like, shit, man. Why didn't anybody else think of that? It's funny because people will say, you know, why does Fender or any company of that stature that's been around that long, why do they keep coming out with the same, on the surface level, the same body shape, you know, Fender, Tele, Strat, but they're coming up with different tweaks that, uh, you know, to a player or someone that gets intimate with the instrument will appreciate, like the tremolo system upgrade, the carve on the neck joint there. Those little tweaks make a difference. I agree. I agree. And that's the thing too, you know, Chris, I mean, I feel like, you know, there's certain things like, yeah, like these body shapes, but like an offset, like everyone's copying that. <laughs> you know what I mean? And there's, yeah. it's, it's just, it's classic and it's, it, there's a reason why it's, it's withstands the, the test of time. You know what I mean? Uh, there's something about these, these shapes, just like, you know, like a Les Paul shape. You know what I mean? You're going to see that over and over and over again. Um, but there's a reason for it. Yeah. You know? And these, these types of uh, body shapes are just more comfortable for me, I think. Now, what about like strings and tunies? I'm sure it varies between the different projects and even albums with like uh, the stuff you've done solo and My Chemical Romance. Uh, people are probably familiar with your string theory videos, so they know you're Ernie Ball guy. But what about tunings and like gauges? Is there uh, anything you kind of stick to, or are you all over the place? Um, I, I do. You know, it's funny when when My Chem was was first getting going and, and touring and stuff like that. Uh, <laughs> I was playing, you know, whatever I could get cheap string wise but i would try to i would do 13 wow. so it was like a 13 to i mean i want to say 54 okay like i you know and uh now i wonder why i have like you know carpal tunnel <laughs> but uh i think for me what i really liked about it was having that wound third um because a lot of the uh the octave work that i was doing in in that band um there's a lot of like 
uh, octave leads throughout those choruses. Mm -hmm. And um, and just that that thickness kind of would cut through, and also I wasn't breaking as many uh, G strings, so that was that was kind of helpful. Um, but now in, in my older, <laughs> more gray years, uh, I, I've come down. I'm now uh, 11 to 50, 11 to 52. Okay. Uh, if I do a drop tuning, I'll try to uh, compensate, and, and maybe I'll go to 54 on that. But I like to keep the tops a little bit thinner. Um, if I can be at a 10. To 50, that's fantastic, but eh, you know that's like studio for me. Like when I'm on when I'm on stage, I need a little bit more. You need a little bit more, like uh, yeah, a little more pushback. Now, what about tunings? Tunings, for the most part, uh, see, like when my chem started, we we were all just standard, you know, E standard. Um, for solo stuff, I'm usually in uh, in a half step down. Okay. Um, so E flat, E flat standard. Um, and that tuning, or actually on this one that I just showed you, that um, that song that I played uh, is a song called uh, the, the Resurrectionist. Um, that's off of a, a, an album called Parachutes. And what I do in that song, it's a tuning that I, I, I like to, to mess with, is I drop the low E uh, down to, so that's now I'm in a C sharp. And, and then I also drop the high. So what you have now is three C sharps throughout the, the guitar, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and it, it allows me to kind of get these like little drags, um, which I tend to like to do. Like this, like, I love this droney, kind of a little bit dissident, you know, you're, you're gonna get that. Um, it's a little bit off and a little bit kind of rubs, but in, in just a wonderful way. Uh, I think for me, the stuff that I've always just been, um, the, the stuff that, that kind of really did it for me or that like really want, made me want to play uh, guitar and, and to write songs was the stuff that was uh, just a little bit broken. You know, yeah. like I, I've never been, been one for, you know, oh, I can't wait to, to hear this band live. I hope it sounds just like the record. Like I don't, <laughs> like, I don't want that, you know what I mean? Like I want to hear the mistakes. I want to hear uh, that, that string noise. Like I want to hear that, that rub. <laughs> you know, in between notes. I've even gone as far as sometimes I'll, I'll, I'll wear like a pinky ring <laughs> on this hand. So you get some of that, uh, like, Oh yeah. Like you, oh, it's yeah. so yeah, you somehow get it. You just kind of get like this extra little gunk in there. It's kind of like, uh, when we did a rig rundown at the edge, his tech said that he plays with the pick with the jagged side because it gives a little bit more extra scrap, a scrape with it. He plays these Harco, Herco picks that have like that grippy stuff on them and he plays with the side. So it kind of gives that little more extra scratch. Just, just like a little bit, but he did it and he showed us and it's like, wow, you hear it. It's funny. It's something simple like that. You, you hear it and it's different. I love that. You know, like just a little bit of gravel, you know, <laughs> <laughs> something to kind of, like things that are, are broken in the, in the best way possible or things that, you know, uh, are just special and can't be recreated every time. Like, I, I love that shit. That's the stuff that, um, that keeps me going and, and that I love to pick apart about my favorite records. Yeah. So, yeah, that, that's, that's my favorite stuff. <laughs> I think that's why I have so much old broken gear because <laughs> things are broken in, like, the best possible way. They got a story to tell. Oh, definitely. Yeah. I like scars. I do. Well, uh, I'll let you grab another guitar. I'll let you choose which one I'll talk about next. But as you do that, I'm going to throw a question at you that I've been wanting to ask because... As you guys are coming up, J. 
Just like any DIY punk hardcore band, they were grabbing any gear they could get, you know, whether it's Epiphone or any, you know, gear that would work and uh, stay true on the on, on tour. But now, as, as we're seeing and we're finding out here, and anyone that follows you, you're kind of a gearhead and you've got a collection. So when did that change besides funds, like availability of finances, what made you start click where you kind of shifted from like, I just want to use what works till now I'm going to start chasing stuff I like. Well, I think, you know, what happens is you start to, you start to, to grow up and, and, and investigate. Why do I like certain records? Why do I like certain sounds? What, you know, what's being, what's being played here? What's happening? Who's behind uh, the recordings of these, these records that make you feel a certain way. And, uh, and I, I think, um, in doing that and, and uh, being in more studios and working with more people, you start to see the gear that, that's around and, um, and, and how uh, it can really shape the way uh, a song comes, comes forth and, and, and how that song makes people feel, you know? Um, I think growing up, it was always like, oh, fuck it, man. Does it have like six strings on it? Just give me it. I'll, I'll, I can make some noise yeah. out of it and I'm going to play, yeah. you know? And, and that's great, you know? Um, but I think the older you get and, and the more like if you really love the craft of it, you're going to start to get more into, all right, but why, mm-hmm. you know, why do I like the way this, this guitar sounds? Why do I like, you know, why do I not just want to be, why do I not just want to have a metal zone? <laughs> you don't know I mean tape to the floor anymore, uh, which that's how I started. And that's fucking awesome. A lot of people are still yeah. there and that's great. Yeah. Like, you know, you can make a lot of great so- like sounds with, with shit gear. You know what I mean? Like some people like are spend thousands and thousands of dollars to try to get a shitty tone. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? <laughs> and that's cool, man. Like, if that's what you like, fuck yeah. yeah. You know? Um, but, uh, you know, there's, there's certain things that you, and certain people, I think, you meet along the way um, that are just geniuses at their craft. And, like, you know, whether they're boutique pedal people or, or guitar makers or, uh, you know, uh, amp makers or, or techs and stuff like that, that that drop little bits of knowledge on you. And, um, and yeah, and then you get bit by that bug and the chase is on. Yeah, man. I call those people like those, those people that help you along the way, like guitar guardians that, you know, they help reignite the fire, whether it's about getting gear or creating. This is true. <laughs> They're also dealers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean? it's, yeah. They're definitely uh, facilitators. So, uh, what's this one you got in your hands here? This is, um, this is a, a Fender Squire, uh, Jazzmaster Baritone okay. in Antigua. And, uh, the reason I, I pulled this one out is because... Uh, I remember early on uh, touring with the first incarnation of my uh, solo band. It was called Frank Iyer on the Celebration. Uh, we had toured over in Canada, and we went to this mall, and they had like a, you know, not a guitar center, but like a, a smaller boutique, you know, that had guitars and stuff like that. And they had this guitar. And I was like, oh, man, that's really cool. I, you know, I, I, Antigua has always been one of those things where I was like, I don't know if I can pull it off, <laughs> but I think it's kind of cool from afar. And I just sat down with this guitar and, uh, and started to play on it. And I never really played a baritone guitar before. Um, that day, uh, I, got, I got bit on it. I was like, oh, man, I started writing songs like, in the store. I was like, I think I need to bring this home. So I, I didn't want to like, deal with the, you know, the, uh, the border and all that stuff. So I called people at Fender. I was like, hey, listen, I'd love to purchase this if I can you know, have it sent to my house when I get home. And, and they did. And I mean, Fender's just always been amazing uh, to work with. But... Playing on this baritone, I started to write songs, and I think uh, it took me a while to see how I can incorporate that into the band I was I was uh, singing in. 
Uh, and, and it all started to come to fruition, I think, on the third record, Barriers, um, because there's quite a few songs on that record. And in the new EP, um, Heaven is a Place, This is a Place, um, that the baritone kind of you know, comes alive on. And um, one of those is, uh, is the song Violence, and that's another song that people kind of ask me a bunch, like, um, you know, what is the tuning on that and, and uh, how is that played? And, and that song in particular is, uh, is on a baritone. Um, it's, uh, it's an A sharp. And um, so. B. Let's hear it. <laughs> Flat. And, Let's uh, hear it. and uh, yeah, so. That riff just kind of goes through the song, but uh, it, it's one of those things where I think that song bounced around quite a bit, you know, in different mm -hmm. tunings, trying to figure out like what is the best, like what's the best tone for this song, like wh what kind of voicing do we need? And uh, and when I, I started playing it on on the baritone in that tuning, I think that's when everything kind of came together. Man, I, it's funny because you know in your early interviews with Mikem, you would say that you know you're just thankful to be in a band there you can play guitar and you didn't have to worry about singing and playing guitar and like uh, I guess overcomplicating things. But obviously with the solo project, you're doing both, doing it well. And it's funny because we've never met, but we're kindred spirits because we're both Misfit fans. I'm from the Midwest, so no connection to New Jersey. But your singing is very Danzig-esque. Not like 20 Eyes Danzig, but like American Nightmare Danzig. You know, like that Elvis Howell. So you're, you're, you got some singing chops, man. <laughs> well, that's the thing, right? It's funny that you, you mentioned that because the, the, the other song on, on the Heaven EP is uh, a song called Sewer Wolf. And that was the song that was like, all right, I wrote this song. I don't know if it's in our wheelhouse. Like, how do we pull this off? And it sounds to me like, you know, the person that should sing the song is Danzig. <laughs> you know what I mean? And that song is, it's really fun, man. It's just like that. Let's see here. And that chorus, like, you have to just have this, like, bravado about you you know what i mean like you have to like sing like i am the evilest motherfucker <laughs> in the world you know and and that that's like what what is being channeled i feel like in that song because it's such it's so tough and then in between violence and sewer wolf there's a cover of rem so just in case you're not you know everywhere in between but that's the thing i feel like that ep like it's just four songs but it's it's my record collection in four songs it's awesome you know what I mean? it's like awesome. yeah so that, those are all my influences, man. That's where I came from. You know, like, uh, it's funny to me that people can be like, uh, only interested in one genre or, or, um, you know, like only listen to this specific thing or only play this specific thing. Like that would be so boring to me. Yeah. You know, like life with yeah. one, one flavor it of seems ice cream. It's like one short, short road to be on. Like it, it, you know. Yeah. It's stunted, you know? And, uh, and I think that was always the thing for me was like, 
you know, I grew up uh, with my dad. You know, he was a, a drummer in a, in a blues band. And I'd go see him on the weekends. And my grandfather was a drummer in uh, like a Dixieland band. And he also played like a, you know, like 40s and 50s standards. Um, and so like I would go see them all the time. And then growing up where I grew up in, in Belleville, you know, which was like an hour and a half away from my dad, like I found out about punk rock and hardcore. So I had like all these things kind of washing through me. And uh, I just I just loved music so much. I just loved the craft, you know. And uh, and these songs just made me feel, you know. And, and that yeah. was what was so amazing to me. It was like this this language that I was getting into. And 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 when I started to to draw the comparison between like say like my dad's music and and like you know like DIY like punk rock and hardcore it was like, oh he loves blues. That was like this music that was written you know, for each other, like recorded in a basement with one microphone, like, you know, and, and the bands that I was listening to, like, was the same thing. Like, you know, they were recording in their mom's basement, like, you know, like doing it just DIY. And I was like, Oh man, like this is, this is where we can connect. You know, like I found the music that speaks to me. Uh, and, and I feel like, you know, this is, it's the same kind of thing that my dad's going through. Yeah. And, and it's funny cause I'm sure you've done that to kids too, you know, with, with MCR, like you've, you've, uh, engage people to pick up the instrument and try to try their hand at making music too. That's the greatest thing when you hear that, you know, when a, when a person will come to a show and, and be like, oh man, like, you know, I listened to this record and, and it made me want to play guitar or it made me want to write songs or it made me want to sing. Like, fuck, that's the, that's the greatest thing in the world. Because here's the thing, like, you know, I never, I never really thought about it until that stuff started to happen. But, you know, you can create art and, you know, put it in your pocket and say it like, all right, like it doesn't affect anybody else. It doesn't come back to you. But once you, once you put it out there and, and it starts to, to, you know, take on its own life and, and, and meet other people along the way and, and have this influence and that ripple effect goes out. Like that's the most incredible thing about, about art is when it comes back to you like that. Um, and so for me, like, you know, I always thought like, Oh, you finish a song, you write it, you record it, put it out. Like, Oh, you're done. No. That's just where it starts, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and that's, uh, that's, that's, I think, what keeps us doing this is that exchange um, mm-hmm. of creativity. Well, man, what, uh, what other uh, guitar you want to talk about? We see some beautiful ones there lined up. Well, I'll let you, uh, dealer's choice. This is, um, this is like a parts caster that I kind of ended up finding along the way on tour um, in a shop in Cincinnati. Um, the body is, uh, like a fifties, um, jazz master, of course, you know, the pencil mark is years been painted over and, yeah. and you know, it's kind of hard to, to figure out an exact date on it. Um, the neck though is like a nineties, uh, fender neck. So it's, it's kind of all over the place, but, uh, you know, there's these, there's certain, there's a soul about every instrument, you know, not, no two are the, are, are alike, you know, they have these little, uh, idiosyncrasies and, uh, just special little magic about them. So when you find one, you know, that connects and kind of blows your hair back, like a Harry Potter, when he found his wand, <laughs> like, yeah. you know, you, you can't, you can't walk away. Well, the guitar chooses you, right? I mean, if, if we're going to use that parallel with Harry Potter, <laughs> I think so. I think so. I mean, you know, wouldn't it be nice if, if that's true? Yeah. So, um, I guess for, for this one, 
Um, I, my, my, my go-to distorted tone is, is usually um, a Boss Blues Driver that has a Keeley mod in it. Okay. And I've just always loved that, that tone um, for like, you know, like, you know, you're just, just a regular distortion. Or like, if you're going to, uh, you know, I, I like the, the quiet, loud dynamic. So, and um, usually what I'll do is I'll put uh, a little bit of delay on. I like the the DM2, uh, Boss DM2. Uh, I also sometimes will add in a little chorus, um, and that somehow gives me like it's almost like a like a, a digital vibe. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like you yeah. get that that kind of wobble that I really enjoy. Um, but lately, uh, I've been going to uh, Sneak Pedals ha has made this thing. It's called the VHD. I actually I have two of them because I like them so much, and I didn't want one to break and, and not to have an extra. But uh, my friend Scott makes these pedals, and they're they're great, man. I, I ended up using it for when I was doing um, this live stream. For, for that band Thursday, mm -hmm. my friend's Thursday. And, uh, and for some reason, I just felt like it fit the, their songs a lot better than, say, like what the Blues Driver was doing. Um, and, and it's a little bit wider. That's that with the chorus off, but you can see how it's like it's a little bit more spread out, has a little bit more, uh, I guess, a uh, mid range to it. But uh, I, these two are, are kind of fighting for my favorite distortions for like a song at the it's moment. It's funny because you're you've had the blues driver as part of your formula for a long time, forever, yeah. forever, man. And uh, it's funny, like, I'm, I'm wondering how the VHD is gonna live in, like, say, like the MyCam world. Mm -hmm. Um, because right now I feel like that that blue driver has been such a part of the tone, and, and it's been uh, very complimentary to to Ray's uh, tone. So I'm wondering how this is gonna to work out if I bring the VHD in. <laughs> but I, but I like I like ex uh, experimentation like that. So um, let's see. Uh, what do you want to hear? <laughs> So um, it sounds great. Now that that guitar you got is that? Did you buy it with the '50s and the '90s combination, or 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 did you do that yourself? 
I bought it as a Frankenstein. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And um, and that was the thing too is I feel like you know not to like give this away because I feel like you know I'm gonna I'm gonna say this and and then anytime I walk into a guitar shop they're gonna be like oh get the shitty broken ones <laughs> put like a high price tag because he can't he can't turn them down but like it's true when I see something that I've never seen before and that's you know just unique in its own way like like you're never gonna see this combination again because it doesn't make sense it shouldn't be you know. Uh, and when I, when I bought it too, like the pick guard was wrong, like everything was fucked up and broken about it, you know, but it just, it played the way I needed it to play. And there was like this weird feeling, I, you know, to be honest, I think I plugged it in for like 30 seconds and I was like, all right, yeah, all right, that's fine. Like it makes noise. All right, cool. I can, I can fucking work with the rest. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And, um, yeah, it just, it, it's one of those things where like, I can't imagine not having this guitar. It's it's really strange, you know. I can't tell you how many songs have come out uh, of just having this, you know, at my my side. Yeah, I mean, at at the end of the day, it's kind of like what it's about. I know we're, we're a show dedicated to gear, but if you're not creating and it's not inspiring to you, what's what's the point of having it? Now I I see a, a white Les Paul ish guitar there, and I know it's not Pansy because I see the diamond headlay, uh, diamond uh, peg head, so. Maybe we should talk about that one because Pansy is such an important one, you know, the Epiphone elitist. So what's this what's the story behind this one? You know, for for a while I feel like that's all I played, you know, were were these uh you know, these these white or alpine white, um Les Paul, uh either it was gonna be like the the Epiphone elitist that they would send. A couple of times I think a uh, a couple of customs or mostly studios just ended up into my hands. I don't know. I really don't. I mean, it's weird that that much of my life is a blur that I don't even know how these guitars came. About. They were just like, <laughs> Oh, here's one. There's one there, <laughs> you know? Um, and it, it's weird, man. Like, I think I just got so sick of playing the same guitar over and over again that I was just like, I, I wanted to run far, far away from it. And, um, and at that same time, Epiphone came to me and, and we, we made our own guitar together. Uh, so I did the Phantomatic and I played those exclusively for a while. And, uh, and I feel like the older I got, uh, and I was like, oh, man, like, that was kind of my thing, you know? Like, I, I didn't have one. And I was like, oh, shit. Like, it made me long for, for one. And I was like, you know, if I ever come across the right one, I think it'd be nice to have one just in the house again. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And, uh, and recently, this one came about. Uh, it came up for grabs through, uh, uh, through Thunder Road. And Frank Gross uh, hit me up and... and uh, uh, you know, he was like, hey, you know, this might be the one for you. It's, uh, I believe it's an, a 91 or 92. Um, hold on. I think it's a 92. Okay. So it's a 92. Um, it plays great. I think, uh, you know, I did a quick setup on it uh, when it came in. But she's been fighting me to stay in tune. Um, but I think, uh, I think I'm going to get a, a handle on her in the next couple of weeks. Sometimes they just, you know, like it's like breaking a Bronco a little bit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you gotta, you gotta kind of let them uh, lead themselves to water, and then they then they become yours. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, it's nice to play a Paul again. It's weird, man. Like, I'm sure the weight too, man. Like, cause you guys have such, high, or you did, and I'm sure you still continue. But back in the day, you guys had such high energy shows. Jumping off drum risers and stuff, where you know carrying around the Les Paul or Les Paul 
style guitars, that's a lot of weight around your neck. It is. It is. And I think, too, uh, you know, in uh, 2016, like, I, I, I was in an accident in, um, in Australia, and, and it, it tore my shoulder. So I still have this, this slap tear that goes on, and it, dude, <laughs> it fucking kills. There's, like, you know, if I play for too long or, uh, like, just, I don't know if you guys got hit real bad, but, like, we got... 20 plus inches of snow the other day Damn. and so like just trying to like kind of get a, a door open <laughs> like i had to like go out and try to do it and for days i just i feel like somebody ripped my arm off my body like it's fucked up really horrible so um yeah it's it's not fun <laughs> getting old is not fun getting hit by buses is not fun either but uh <laughs> Sounds good. Even though you know it's just a little shaky in the tuning, it still sounds great. Right? Yeah. I think another couple of days work, and she's gonna be fucking fantastic. <laughs> I'd love to bring her back out on tour when when hopefully touring starts again soon. But uh, yeah, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be fun to to carry around uh, like this this albatross of of weight. I'm, I'm excited to see how how long I can play it for on stage. Now, now as we. We're getting towards the end of guitars, and we'll, we'll get into what we're hearing at amps and stuff. And obviously, you've been playing with pedals already. But uh, alluding to the touring season, if and when it comes back, I should say when, are you going to bring all this out, or are you going to be more of a, a economic guy and go like Axe FX or Kemper? You know, it's it's funny, man. I I've always been uh, a believer in in, in in bringing you know real your gear, your real gear, and stuff like that. And I think that. Um, the more I get into collecting, right, and and loving the way like you know vintage stuff sounds, uh, I have a couple of different setups that are like, oh man, I love the way this sounds in the studio. I bring it to record, but it kills me to bring it outside the house because if I bring it to a gig, ultimately something goes down, you know. Uh, and and touring, especially like overseas and stuff like that, it's just it's 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 rough, mm -hmm. man. So uh, I think what I'm going to do. For the say like the long you know overseas touring and, and you know, worldwide touring, um, is to copy my amps for like a Kemper, and and do that because really what I've been doing is um, I have a uh, a Marshall Super Lead 
that has that um, that Dookie mod oh, yeah. in it, and oh, that's yeah. that's a head that I used at with Rob Cavallo. Um, geez, on I would say the last three MyChem records, or the last two MyChem records rather, uh, and so that would be uh, a lead uh, or a main tone as well as a Fender Tone Master, uh, and so those two I'm going to uh, to mod and, and carry those with me, and then I'll I'll bring out. My, my Fender Twin as my clean gotcha. tone. Cool, man. Well, uh, I, I see another, I think it's an Epiphone over there sitting in the be uh, boat. Uh, yeah. Boat. This is great, man. I love what they're doing now. Like, they, they, uh, they just released this Coronet, um, and my friend um, James Bowman got one and brought it over to my house. I was like, oh, my God, it's great, man. Like, it reminds me of, uh, you know, like the 60s Coronets that, that I, I had one. And... Um, they were nice enough to send one over, and it's cool. It's a great guitar. Uh, it's super fucking light. Um, affordable. I think the, the going price is like maybe 450 That's on this nice. thing. You know? Um, and and I, I feel like, you know, if you're looking for that, you know, junior feel, like that one, that single P90, mm -hmm. um, and, and something that's affordable that you can kind of just kind of rip on, it's a great guitar. It really is. Yeah, and something like that price, even if you're not happy with some of the features on it, whether it's the tuning pegs or uh, even the pickup itself, it's something you can you know, build upon and customize to your own liking. The only thing I've replaced so far is uh, I, I traded out the bridge, um, and I feel like that's given me a little bit better of a control on the intonation. Um, but uh, I may, may look into replacing tuning pegs. Mm -hmm. We'll see. But... Uh, <laughs> I mean, they're just super fun. I mean, it's one of those things where, you know, some guitars you have to work hard to kind of get what mm -hmm. you want out of it, and, and she works as hard as yeah. you do. You know, it's it's yeah. nice with these 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 guitars. The P90s are great too. It's like that instant punk rock machine. Oh God, yeah. But she can also get kind of spacey and nice with you. So I mean, I think it's versatile. And, and and affordable, and I think they're they're great guitars for for someone to have. I wish they had this available when I was you know growing up looking for it. <laughs> yeah, um, well maybe I'll have you put back on the the Fender two tone the the first one you played there the American Pro two, and we'll start talking uh, the amps we're hearing today. There's a bunch of them behind you, but we'll we'll keep it to the ones that are behind you, or the ones that we're hearing. I'm sorry, the ones that we're hearing today, and then. Uh, We'll dive into your pedal boards, which I have to say it's great. You know, you got the Eddie Van Halen colors on that one. Yeah, man. Uh, my friend Anthony, uh, who makes uh, Black 35 uh, guitars, man, he, he did this, this special um, pedal board for me, and it's, it's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it's, so, it's so great. You know, we talked about doing uh, a guitar and, and a matching pedal board, you know, like based off of Eddie's Frankenstein, and then literally as, as soon as we like got the specs down, like I would say like a week later, Eddie man. passed. It was Man. fucking weird.
really weird. Now, you're typically, at least back in the day, or with MCR, uh, I knew you to be like a British guy in amps with like a, a Thunder, Thunderverb or something from Orange and always an AC30 for clean. Now, is that still the case today or going forward? And then also, uh, what are we hearing today in your jam space? So right now, I'm, I'm just out of the okay. Fender Twin. Um, and I mean, as far as amps go, like when I was touring with uh, the solo project, what I would do was I had this, the Fender Twin and uh, a Super Black Magic that's mm -hmm. back here. Mm -hmm. And those two amps together kind of gave me um, a little bit more of like the the weight and grit that I, I was looking for, but also, you know, wasn't getting me into fights with, with sound guys and smaller yeah. clubs. So that's always, that's always a fun thing to, to not have to deal with. Um, you know, right now the twins on a, on two and, and I, I can get it to, to scream. Yeah, you know what I mean, um, there's a reason why they're, they're, you know, trusted and tried and true. I mean, you know, Fender twin is a Fender twin. Um, so I, I love, the the twin for for cleans and I, and I love the way it, it reads pedals and reacts uh so that's usually my go-to amp uh if i'm if i'm doing touring on my own it's going to be that in the supro uh for my cam it's uh as of right now it's the twin for for clean tones uh and for like you know sometimes i'll do this thing where uh i think you heard it a little bit before i did like a a marshall blues breaker um for like a it's got a little bit of dirt on it. I forgot what tuning I was in. So you're going to have that as like a little bit of a distorted tone, but it's not overwhelming so that you can kind of take it from here. kind of bring it up and down you know which is kind of nice uh so I'll, I'll do stuff like that but for the most part from the distorted tone is going to be uh the the marshall uh super lead with the dookie uh mod and the the fender tone master uh kind of mixed together i like that that tone cool man well cool. i was gonna say uh, yeah as far as pedals go and and things that i i, I like to keep on the board um that i, I think are are pretty uh imperative to like you know certain tones uh i like i said I, I love the boss blues driver with the keely mod i know that they've done their own pedal since i think it's called the the fat lead phat fat lead kind of thing um and it's good but i think there's just something about my original modded out blues driver even though i've sent it to them i've sent it to them twice and they're like i, I don't it's the same and i'm like okay <laughs> but this is there's something about this one I don't know. Maybe it's it, I'm I'm probably just crazy, but I love that. Um, the other thing that I fought for so long and and didn't want to believe the hype on is the Klon Centaur. Um, you know, it's one of those things where unless you have one and and or or you have a trusted friend that plays one for you and and includes it on on, on their board, you're, you're not going to really understand it or get it. Um, mm -hmm. It's always on and it always adds something. Uh, one of the things though that I've noticed is, you know, so many people make Klon clones, right? Yep, yep. Uh, and I have a lot of them, um, just to see, you know, like what's, what's special about this? What's different about this? The, does it capture what the, um, the, uh, the original and the only one that I feel like has come close has been, um, uh, Bowman, uh, James Bowman makes pedals. He, of course, 
plays guitar in Against Me, Against but me, he yep. started uh, Bowman Audio Endeavor, and it's it's crazy, man. Like I don't know if you uh, want to hear just a, a quick little yeah, let's hear it. back and forth here, but so this is just just the amp, right? Um, so this is a gold horsey. bit brighter but i mean sometimes it depends on the song but sometimes he it beats it it's crazy i love i love what he's done and i don't know how he cracked it but uh he's a fucking genius and all his pedals are great so that's one that's always on the board as well what about uh i know you used to advertise it as a secret weapon which then it's not a secret weapon because you'd always tell people but uh the swollen pickle is that still a staple you know it's funny the swollen pickle i gifted to uh to my brother-in-law evan and he was using it on uh on celebration patience and and future violence tours and uh and i never got it back (laughs) (laughs) so i've been trying to like you know i i still love the pickle um but there's other things that i i've found that i i I think are are pretty damn cool um but yeah i don't know that's home pickles that's yeah that's a pretty good i i think i might need to get that back before as we kind of go i'll let you lead us through it because you know you can see everything and uh, you're you're driving the ship here is tell us kind of is this like a uh like a a algamination of everything you do or is this more like a my chemical romance board or is this more of like a solo thing and uh just show us some of your favorite combinations and sounds that you like to kick on well right now this is like this is the quarantine boards right like you know what i mean um there's this one i basically just kind of linked them all up for for this Uh right um but this this board here in particular was the one that i was taking out and i did for say like the thursday shows um i did uh yeah i did like two thursday live streams on this and uh, a couple and some recording stuff and and this what i like about it uh i have this carl martin uh octa switch on here that uh, allows me to switch multiple pedals on and have like you know kind of uh, you know different tones uh, set up in, in eight different switching mechanisms, um, and that was fun because I think for for the Thursday stuff there was a lot of pedal dancing. Happening. Yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, I what I I love, like I said before, is is having that that VHD um, with a little bit of delay and you know it's it's funny man these the Ibanez tone lock pedals you know they don't get a lot of love. Um, but I feel like they're, they're so just like an unsung hero, uh, of the nineties. I, I, I love them all. I have the chorus flanger one, uh, the delay echo one, and I have a fuzz too. Um, but these, these two usually are on the board, uh, the, doing some fun stuff. Is the chorus one you use for fever dream? Cause there's a real rich chorus in that, uh, in the song fever dream. Yeah. Like it's, it's almost like a come as you are vibe. Like it has that Nirvana really stroked out chorus. You're right. Yes. So, uh, yeah, I mean, the, I love these, like, the 90s Ibanez Tone Lock uh, pedals. Um, I have the, the DE7, which is the Delay Echo. Uh, I have the, the CF7, which is the Chorus Flanger. And then the Fuzz, I think it's an FZ7 or something like that. But uh, the Chorus Flanger and the Delay Echo are always on board. And um, I think that uh, they, they just, 
they capture it, man. It, it's there's something about the these pedals, and also too. I mean, I don't want to say this and ruin anything, but I feel like they they take a lick and keep on ticking kind of thing, which is kind of nice. Like like the the boss enclosure, you know, I, I don't run into a lot of problems yeah. uh, with those things. Which, by the way, I would like to put this out there. It, how come you can't just buy those fucking thumb screws for for a, a boss pedal along with the like the rubber grommet? Why can't you just buy those? What the fuck? <laughs> I'm a, I'm just asking. <laughs> I'm just asking. I don't understand. <laughs> well, Frank, show us maybe as as you go through your pedal boards, kind of show us some like key combinations that you know people might be familiar with in your stuff, or or even if you've been really vibing on some new sounds during quarantine. One of the things I got um, recently was a couple of Strymon pedals, and um, you know. I, I've always, you know, like the the power supplies and stuff like that. And Ray was always messing with the Big Sky, and uh, I, I I admired him from afar. But recently, I, I picked up a few in this uh, Iridium pedal, which is basically like you know an an amp mod uh, that you keep on your pedal board. It's been great for recording, but also too like it, it's nice to just kind of have going. Like if you. Uh really like a very nice scene change and what i like about it too is that um it has a like a built-in uh reverb as well and um and that you can add to it you know like the different amp combinations and cab combinations is, is really cool um let's see so that was i think the round is based on i maybe an ac30 i'm not the punch i think though is like a marshall so that would be this <laughs> So that is the, uh, I think, the, the punch, which is the Marshall amp through um, the B cab with its own, you know, room on there, which is fucking, it's, it's crazy, man, just like a built-in pedal. And it really does record well. So I'm into that. Um, the other things I've been liking is uh, this Volante, another Strymon. Yeah. Those Strymon pedals are like powerhouses. Yeah, there's and there's so much that you can do that it really does scare me because there's so many buttons. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? But uh, at the same time, man, it's like shit. Like there's there's so much cool stuff on here. Um, let's see. Uh, so that's the the Volante uh, Shryman pedal, along with uh, this uh, Fuzz Lord uh, Drone Master, which I like too as a distortion. Those yeah, those dance real well together. Uh, let's see what else. Um, another thing I really like is this uh, this Pearl Chorus, uh, which is like an old seventies. Let's see here, which I think is Japan. I think it's, I think it was made in Japan. Um, 
Are there any other pedals on any of these boards that uh, you haven't talked about or played or you know mentioned just to make make an equal opportunity here? I hear you. I hear you. No, there's a lot. I think I spoke about a, most of them. Okay. <laughs> to be honest. It does a little bit better. Sorry. So that's the that's that pearl chorus with um, just a little um, fender delay or fender reverb rather, and um, that fortune and glory is another Bowman pedal um, that I like. But yeah, I mean, as far as these boards are concerned, uh, this is like the at home in the, in this room <laughs> one. This is uh, the more like recording board because it has all the the Strymon uh, iridium on there and like a couple other. Um, El Capistan and the Flint on there, uh, and then this is the live board that I was bringing out to do like live streams and things of that. Now nature. with Thursday, are you were you just helping out, or were you are you kind of like a pro co member now? I don't, <laughs> I think you know it's one of those things where we, we kind of like grew up playing you know uh, all these these shows and venues together, and and we shared uh, you know practice studios, and we've just known each other for so long um, that. It was just really amazing to be asked to to help out and and fill in for Tom, who was an incredible guitar player and and songwriter in his own right. Um, and it was just you know it, it's what I loved so much about it was, uh, yeah, I love that band. I love the songs that they write. I love them as people. But getting to play those songs and and really getting into the mindset of you know how these things were written, how they came to be, just gave me such a new appreciation for the band that. Uh, you know, it's, it's strange, man. You can know somebody for a hundred years and, and, and when you don't get into their mind creative, like you, you know, them on a different I mean, level as know? a musician, that's about as close as it can get to, you know, when they, people say walk a mile in my shoes, it's like play a song on my guitar. You know what I mean? Like it, it's, you're able to yeah, see yeah, yeah, yeah. and feel what they were thinking. It's the best way to know somebody without fucking them. <laughs> well, on that note, Frank, hopefully we see MCR <laughs> out on the road. Because I was looking forward to it at uh, Riot Fest. You know, obviously that happened last year and it's gotten parlayed to 2021. But uh, if people want to keep up with you, keep up with the band, keep up with your solo stuff, where should they go online? Is there any place that you, you know, got your stuff to check out? Well, I have the Twitter and I have the uh, the Instagram type thing going. Uh, I got a website. I don't know if people even go to websites I don't anymore. Know. 
I, I hope don't... they come to ours. I hope. But uh, yeah, you know, I'm around. Cool, man. <laughs> well, I really do appreciate it, man. Taking the time. I know that you're busy doing stuff. You got oh. family stuff to take care of. You're shoveling snow. Hey, man, I, I appreciate your time and setting this all up. This is a this is a treat. Uh, it was an absolute pleasure, man. Thank you so much. All sir. right, everyone out there, stay safe and keep rocking.